Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. For older adults with complex care needs, police officers may be the first people on the scene for a health issue or concern. Police community outreach units help build and maintain partnerships with older adults to improve their safety and prevent crime. My guest today is Deputy Chief Wayne Vincent, head of the Community Engagement Division of the Arlington County Police Department. He's going to talk about police community outreach units and how police are trained to respond to calls and concerns of older adult residents. He'll also discuss issues of this population that police may need to address and how they help prevent harm and ensure safety. So welcome, Deputy Chief Vincent, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Okay. Well, we want to hear more. I gave a little bit of an introduction during my intro about community outreach, but explain what do you think about and why was the concept of community outreach um, by the, the police department? What is the goal? Uh, great question, Cheryl. So in Arlington, we've been doing some kind of either community policing uh, or community engagement for well over 25 years. Uh, the overarching goal in this concept, and not just in Arlington, but throughout our nation, is meant to build trust and lasting relationships in our communities. We have found that over the years um, that through trusting relationships in our community, it's we find that we're better. We're better at our job. Because we're collaborating with not with communities that are vulnerable um, and communities that may have a historical mistrust of police, and so by by using outreach, we build those lasting relationships. Relationships, whereas we can problem solve those common community problems, such as obviously basically crime and things such as quality of life violations. So this is a phenomenon that's just crossing across all of the nation. And it has historically been a very important part of policing in Arlington County. Let me just add to a little bit that, you know, when people talk about engagement and we're going to get more into this, but some of the most common strategies in community outreach is meeting face to face with police officers. And for community engagement to be real and authentic, I think uh, police departments, including our own, we have to be proactive in that, such as me being with you here today on this podcast. Again, it's another way for us to reach our audience or reach our communities where they are. And to that point, Wayne, I was wondering, uh, I live in Arlington and I see the sheriff's department or representatives of the sheriff's department. So it would be helpful to for all of us to understand, are they a part of this police community engagement effort in Arlington? Explain a little bit more about that so we understand who's involved with this effort. Sure. So in Arlington County, we have, well, several law enforcement agencies in our county. But primarily on the Arlington County, we have the Arlington County Police Department and we have the Arlington County uh, Office of the Sheriff. And to that end, with the Sheriff's Office, their primary responsibilities is to care for inmates at uh, our detention center. They also do in court security. They also have some um, law enforcement efforts, I should say, in the community, such as warrant service and things of that nature. But traditionally, when you're talking about police community engagement, that is primarily primarily the police department or my division. To that end, though, our current sheriff, 
Um, I recently spoke with him and we met and I know that he wants to bring in community engagement from his office, that being the sheriff's office. And so now uh, starting this week, we actually have one deputy sheriff who's assigned to our community engagement division who's going to work with us to build those engagement efforts with not just the police, but also include our sheriff's office. We are very happy and pleased uh, to have this partnership with our sheriff's office and we're looking forward to it. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Wayne, is are there different divisions within the law enforcement uh, office or the law enforcement activities within Arlington that are involved in community engagement? For example, the Sheriff's Department, we often see uh, representatives in the community, and I was just wondering whether they also are involved in community engagement or what else they do within Arlington. Sure. In Arlington County, we have both the Arlington County Sheriff's Office as well as the police department. Both of us have, by code, uh, law enforcement uh, authorization or power, shall we say. Uh, When it comes to community engagement, though, the police department, our police department, has traditionally been doing community engagement for the last 25 years. Now, that being said, let me just talk a little bit about the differences. Uh, The Sheriff's Department by code, they technically are responsible for our detention center that houses inmates, um, and they also are in charge of court security. Uh, the police department, which is the primary law enforcement agency, we obviously enforce laws, so forth, you know, so forth and so on. That being said, although our division, our community engagement division, our primary mission uh, involves community engagement, we're really happy to say that you know, starting this week. Uh, the sheriff's office actually assigned one deputy sheriff to our division because the sheriff felt that it was important to uh, increase their engagement throughout the community. My division, our supervisors are really excited about this. Obviously, having someone from the sheriff's office is going to give us more bandwidth to get out in the community more. So we're extremely excited and happy for this opportunity. And so should the community. Thank you. That's very helpful for those of us who didn't know what the difference was. So what I'd like to do now is turn to how police officers are selected to work in this division. Are are there special skills or education that's required? What would they need to have or have done to participate in the community outreach? Sure. So in our agency, we have a volunteer selection process. Uh, to become a part of the community engagement division. Uh, Normally that selection process um, consists of a panel interview and we will normally take officers or ask officers to make some kind of presentation, whether it be a mock community civic association meeting where they're presenting data and presenting information as far as crime trends and so forth. Um, And we, we use this selection process to assess the candidates on their background, their education, their training, the knowledge of internal and external resources, um, obviously public speaking and interpersonal skills. We're looking for those officers that give us the best opportunity in a, to communicate and to uh, engage with our community. We want people that are, you don't have to be an ex- uh, extrovert, shall we say, but certainly it probably helps because the majority of your time is going to be working in the community. And is that a full-time job? I mean, if one, uh, your police officers are a part of this engagement division, is this what they do on a full-time basis? Talk a little bit more about their scope of work then. Yes. So uh, just so you know, in our division, we have about 15 officers and supervisors assigned to us. 
Um, I wish we had 40 because we certainly have enough work to do to do that. Uh, it is a full time job. Once you're assigned to us permanently, it is your full time job. Uh, we assign officers um, to either neighborhoods and community organizations. Um, and as a community engagement officer, uh, we we are committed to putting on several events throughout the year. Some some are major, some are small. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Um, in the last two years, we have hosted two community police academies. Uh, police academies, community police academies, I should say, it's an educational program designed to create better understanding and communication between police and our community. It's a eight to 10 week uh, class. We meet once a week. Uh, we actually have a session going on right now that just, I think we're starting our second week. Uh, every, it's every Thursday for three hours. Um, and again, it allows us to exchange information with our community. That way we can share with them um, exactly how our different units work, what we're wearing, why we do what we do. Um, but I'll tell you, it's also uh, an important part of the what we call the CPA, short for Community Police Academy. It's a great way for us to hear from our community as to what we could do better, what we could do better and what they ex uh, what their expectations are for, of 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 us, I should say. Um, but not just that, we also do seasonal drives such as food drives, toy drives, uh, school supplies, and even cold drives. Um, we do a whole host of community-based events. Um, we also host summer camps over the summer for our youth. Uh, we do two youth uh, camps. We also do a teen academy. Last year, we did our first teen academy, which was uh, geared targeting uh, teens in our community that have an interest in future in a career in law enforcement. And again, like the Community Police Academy, the Teen Academy is a one-week camp over the summer, so it's 100% free, and it allows us to show our teens what it's like if they were to pursue a career in law enforcement. Additionally, you may have heard, uh, it's very popular throughout our nation, it's called Coffee with a Cop. It's expanded for us. Uh, we still do traditional Coffee with the Cops, but we do things into those communities that we know that we want to we engage with more, such as last year. Uh, and this year, we'll do things like pupusa with a with a cop, where we'll we'll go into some of our Latino communities to again engage that community. We'll do um, coffee with a cop, and I put that in quotes in some of our LGBTQ plus uh, communities or businesses as well. So again, it's really getting and expanding into what how to engage with different communities, especially those that are vulnerable. Uh, we also do a lot of programs, and the programs can be uh, geared toward uh, our youth. Um, and just or just a normal community, such as we do a program called Rad Kids, which is basically an empowerment program for a young for young young people. We also do Know Your Rights. Uh, we go into different communities in our schools and provide them with their basic rights, um, a, a constitutional rights, as far, and even uh, rights that are afforded to them by the state of Virginia, by the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, most recently, uh, we've also started um, collaborating with. Uh, with newcomers to our country um, from different countries, refugees from around the world uh, to again, explore with them as far as what their rights are. Because in some countries, engagement with police is, is very much a challenge. And so we want our communities to know like, to know that, hey, when you come to Arlington County or to the United States, these are your rights and this is how you can engage with law enforcement. Um, and so, you know, there's a whole host, our, our unit, um, it, like I said, it's a full-time job. I could go on and on, but I want to add to you, I want to add that, you know, uh, in our department, our officers are guided by four key initiatives, uh, crime control and prevention, transportation safety, officer wellness, and community engagement. 
So although you're assigned to, to the community engagement division, our officers still have an obligation uh, to those four key initiatives. And, and, and again, when you think about crime control and prevention, what that means is that, you know, we're working with our community to address crime. And so that is and can be the number one complaint that we see in our in our in our department. And so, again, working with the community, what we see and how we can fix those problems together with the community. Uh, over my 28 years of service, I'll tell you, Cheryl, I, I've learned I've learned that we cannot arrest our way out of anything. It takes a lot more than just um, your typical arresting people. Uh, I, I, it takes a village, shall we say, uh, to deal and to um, mitigate and to problem solve a lot of these issues we're seeing in our communities and here in Arlington County included. When it comes to traffic transportation, um, again, a major part of Arlington County, we are a robust community with a lot of traffic, pedestrian and vehicular traffic. And, and so that, again, is another key initiative that officers have responsibility to ensure that we're enforcing our traffic laws, but also educating our community as to what they should and should not be doing, especially our younger drivers, such as our high school students who are getting into cars for the very first time. And lastly, a lot of their time is spent with our civic associations. Um, you know, um, because of the request coming in now, um, we had to we have to now vet the requests. You know, there was a time years, many years ago where we would have to reach out to different organizations to engage with them. Now the tables have turned and we get requests every day. I, I can't tell you how many. Um, some of them we can't even do. We just do not have the bandwidth of civic associations or different organizations that are requesting officers to attend their events or their meetings to provide them information as far as what's going on in the community, whether it be crime-based or how they can better protect or be safe or provide just basic information as far as county resources. Well, with all of that in mind, in terms of the different sections of the, of the community that you are involved with, let's turn to older adults. Uh, help us understand why older adults are an important target group for the Police Community Engagement Division? Well, because they're vulnerable. I mean, I mean to be, put it simply, um, we have uh, a large part of our community that are older adults in Arlington. Um, they do, we do receive calls for service. Um, and so we want to ensure, especially when it comes to things like fraud and scamming, um, and also their wellness, that our officers, not just the Community Engagement Division, but our officers are well-versed in the resources available to our older adults, our older communities. And so when it comes to wellness, a lot of times we will, our emergency communication centers will receive calls from either family members, caregivers, that are asking us to do what we call check on the welfare. And so what that means is they're requesting that officers go to a family or friend's house just to check on them because maybe they haven't heard from them in a long time. And so our officers, and, and normally we will ask medics or the fire department to come with us, to respond with us, We'll go check on them just to make sure they're okay. And while we're there, um, while we're checking on them, we're also looking to see to make sure that they are well cared for, that they have adequate, you know, temperature control. They have food. They live in a space. They live in a space that is actually comfortable for them. And if they're not, then we provide those resources to ensure that they can live in a, in a way that uh, that they that they can live comfortably um, in their age. Um, and if there's a situation where um, we're seeing something that's uh, neglect or abuse, we're going to take the necessary steps, such as obviously take a report, conduct an investigation, um, contact Adult Protective Services, and if need be, uh, refer cases 
to the Commonwealth Attorney for prosecution. And I'm thinking also, Wayne, that in certain circumstances, you may or you and your fellow officers might uh, encounter someone who has uh, some uh, health issues or, or cognitive impairment or disability. Is there training that's available to uh, reckon with those kind of situations? What would police responders need to know in those kinds of instances? Well, first of all, I think that uh, for most of our officers, especially those assigned to the Community Engagement Division, are CIT trained. CIT stands for Crisis Intervention Team. Uh, CIT is an officer safety program provided um, by law enforcement in, in collaboration with our Department of Human Services that trains our officers with skills um, to work safely and effectively with people in crisis and to provide options for them and services. Um, it's also a, a, a de-escalation class as well, because a lot of times we find our officers that are dealing with people in various kinds of crisis. We want to make sure they have those skills and are trained properly to deal with them. And, and that training is quite important for us. And again, once we go to any into any situation, if we have to, we will document it always to make sure that we have a police report. And again, make sure that we provide those families or those older adults with the, situ with, with the resources that they need. And the beauty about CIT training, I should say, is that it can be related not just to older people, but also to our youth um, or anybody else for that matter that may be in any type of crisis. But it it was it was uh, initiated, I should say, started because of those in mental health crisis. And I was also wondering, I thought I heard you say a moment ago about uh, perhaps some kind of first aid training or something. I was wondering in the event that an older adult has had some kind of a functional impairment, they fell or they had some other kind of injury, do police officers then, if they respond to those calls, then come uh, along with medical personnel? Um, how does that work if they if they come on the scene and find that somebody has fallen and, and needs some kind of medical care? Oh, that's another great question. Um, you know, my mom's in her 80s, so I, I'm, I'm very familiar with when you talk about falling. Uh, very common when it comes to our older communities. I'll just say this. That first of all, all police officers are given basic first aid. Um, and depending for the calls for service, when a call comes into our emergency communication center, they have specific protocols when they will dispatch police with medics or just medics. But in cases where the, uh, the police department responds to someone who has fallen or has some kind of injury, um, we're very lucky in Arlington um, because of the proximity of our firehouses that officers will have no issue contacting our medics who will respond to assess the situation and figure out the best way to actually help that person and obviously get them if they need to transport it to the nearest hospital. To that point then, Wayne, I was also wondering if a person would call 911. I know that in the neighborhood where I live, you oftentimes get an, an ambulance and maybe even a fire truck uh, that comes along. Are police also on the scene if somebody does call 911? And what if so, what would be their role? Well, again, it would depend on what the call for service is. And it, and the emergency communication center is well-versed on if police should be dispatched with fire. Now, if it is a medical call, for the most part, and, and they have police respond, our job, first of all, if we, if we were to get there before police, obviously, 
Um, again, we have basic first aid, so a lot of our officers are, are can perform CPR, uh, CPR. We also have Narcan if it's needed. And so they will give as much care as they as they can, not to mention update dispatch on the on the assessment of that of that patient. Once medics come on scene, they would obviously take over or join us in providing medical care. Now, once that person has been medically taken care of, whether it mean they, they are stabilized or they are transported, well, then the officer would conduct a preliminary investigation to ascertain, OK, what happened? And if it's criminal in nature, we would obviously document that and begin some kind of criminal investigation. Now, in other cases where it may not be criminal, but we're seeing some kind of neglect, shall we say, which could be criminal, but if we're seeing some kind of neglect or we see that that person is unable to care for themselves, well, then the officer, too, would again document that, document that, that um, would document what happened, and then they would, again, uh, refer that to, to adult uh, protective services or to our human, uh, Department of Human Resources to ensure that that person is well taken care of. And one question that also comes to my mind as I think about the the myriad of possibilities here is that in Arlington, there are many different languages that are spoken. We have people who, from other countries as well as a large Hispanic population, uh, Asian population. Are your officers bilingual? Are they trained to be able to communicate with the older adults and their families uh, in these kinds of situations, depending on what the call is about? I was just curious about the languages. No, it's a great question, too, as well, Cheryl. So we obviously actively always recruiting for bilingual officers. Um, and so we do have officers that are bilingual. But certainly, as you said, Arlington is a very diverse community. So we certainly don't have officers um, clearly not working 24 hours, seven days a week, that can speak every major language in Arlington County. So we do have a means, it's called Language Line, where officers can either use their phone or they can use their radio um, to communicate. Um, well, we have trans- basically translators who can translate with them uh, over their phone or if needed over dispatch with that person, um, with that person who speaks a foreign language. Um, so we can ca- kind of get that, that communication going. We've also seen officers too that are trained. We also provide training. Let me start again. We also provide officers training that those want to take basic, and it's basic, um, like Spanish. Uh, Spanish is a common one, or even officers. Or some officers are even trained in sign language as well. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That is not something because these are skills that you have to practice every day, and so we don't have that opportunity. So our primary way of dealing with uh, people who speak a, a different language is using language line, what we call language line. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break right now, and if you tuned in late, we are talking with Deputy Chief Wayne Vincent, who is the head of the Community Engagement Division of the Arlington County Police Department. And you're listening to WERA Arlington, 96.7 FM. We'll be right back.
welcome back. We are having a great discussion this afternoon about community outreach for police, and we are talking with Deputy Chief Wayne Vincent, who is the head of the Community Engagement Division of the Arlington County Police Department. And Wayne, I'd like to have you talk a little bit more about the the Police Community Engagement Division in Arlington. What does that look like? And is that similar to what uh, similar divisions are around the country? Give us a little bit of an overview of of what that division uh, encompasses in our community. So our mission, uh, and we call it the Community Engagement Division, we call it CED for short. And I, I just want to start by saying, I said earlier that uh, police departments are, we're seeing more and more engagement efforts from policing throughout our nation. But it's important to understand, I think, that you know, different departments are going to take different approaches. And so I'll speak a little bit about our approach, but I think it's important to know that every department has to really take time and strategically think about what approach works not just best for them, but for their community. So as I speak about how we do things in Arlington, I understand that some things that we do, certainly there are other communities cannot do it and vice versa. So our mission uh, in Arlington is to build, strengthen, and promote trust, positive relationships and partnerships by engaging with our diverse community. Um, in Arlington, the CED, as I said, we do so through educational programs, positive non-enforcement-based interaction, problem, problem solving, and outreach with our most vulnerable communities. The CED in Arlington County, um, as I said, we've been practicing some form of community engagement or community policing um, for over, well over 25 years. But 18, about 18 or 19 months ago, when Chief Andy Penn was named permanent chief, he created a division with its primary mission was to engage with our community because he recognized the importance of community engagement and policing with our community. So our division has three pillars or three units. We have a business outreach, a youth outreach, and a community outreach. All three work with their respective stakeholders to address public safety concerns and further our department's efforts and engagement. I'll talk a little bit about each three. About each three. So our business outreach, um, they obviously engage with our business communities. Again, what works for one may not work for the other. Here in Arlington, we have a very robust business community, especially our nightlife, areas like Clarendon, Boston, uh, Crystal City, to be given an example. So our business outreach coordinate and collaborate with uh, those business those businesses or those business groups, such as the Chamber of Commerce, to ensure they know what police can provide. But, but again, not just what we can provide, but for us to understand from them what they need from us. Uh, I think one of the one of the best examples of community policing is our Clarendon area. You know, a few years ago, um, Clarendon area pretty much got away from us a little bit because of the high volume of crowds that were going to that district uh, for nightlife. And so we created the Arlington Restaurant Initiative through our business outreach unit. And what they did was they collaborated with the community, with business owners, with the fire department, with the health code, and with other um, county resources to provide the community ways that we can improve our nightlife in Arlington County to make it safer for all of for all all adults, both owners, vis and visitors to our to our community. It's a great example of collaboration. Our youth outreach, again, we started about 18 months ago. That was created <clears throat> at a time in Arlington when we removed SROs from our schools. 
that decision, when it was made, we really felt that we needed to have a way to really continue to engage with our youth. So we dedicated officers that their sole purpose was to create programs for our youth. I'll give an example of that. Here in Arlington, we have a um, lower income um, community called uh, the AHC. And so we've partnered with their after school program where we provide three programs several times a week throughout the course of a year. We first of all, we have officers and staff members that tutor once a week after school with our youth. We also provide uh, rag kids to uh, to their youth. And again, rag kids is an empowerment program uh, for young adults. And lastly, we provide know your rights because we believe that it's important that our young people um, know exactly what their rights are um, when they're either stopped or when they want to ask questions to the police. And so that's what our youth. And lastly, and probably the largest part of our outreach is our community outreach. And that's the overwhelming larger part where, again, using community engagement to build trust. And I talked a little bit previously about some of the larger events that we do, such as hosting our community police academy um, and, again, hosting our teen academy, our youth academies. And again, the biggest part of our job, honestly, is probably when we're asked by our community organizations like our civic organizations or advocacy groups and come to engage with them by providing either information as far as county resources or talking to them about um, crime and how to and crime prevention tips, things of those natures. So, again, that's the makeup of our of our division. Um, And again, I have about 15 officers, but I could I'll tell you, I could certainly use about another 20. Because right now, engagement is such a big part of our department um, that, you know, our bandwidth is actually restricted. And I lastly, I want to say this. It's for our officers. And I said we have about 15. They are not the only officers that are required to do community engagement. Every officer in Arlington County Police Department is required to do some sort of community engagement. Honestly, some do more, a little more than less because of their job functions. But those that are afforded the opportunity to work in our division that will be a large part of their job as we see ourselves as the forward-facing community engagement officers for the department. And thank you for that. That's that's very helpful to give us here in the Arlington community a better understanding of the the many uh, tasks that you that you handle. And to that point, I wanted to again look at the other end of the population spectrum of older adults. And, and and to that point is, because people are getting older, are there other issues that people didn't think about before because people didn't live as long that uh, your police officers in the engagement forum or even anywhere are having to handle on a regular basis or not so regular basis? Well, what we found when it comes to our older population, I think our, the best thing or the number one thing that we find ourselves doing is information sharing providing them that information that they need to be informed. And so we talked briefly uh, before about, you know, the kind of fraud that we're seeing that is that is happening in our older population. So let's talk about that a little bit if we can. And so our department, and we will do this not just through the community engagement, we'll do it through our media office. When we become aware of any kind of uh, fraud that's going on that's targeting uh, some of our vulnerable populations, such as older adults, it's our job to make sure that they're informed. And we do so through many different ways. We do through social media. We do it through press releases. But we also understand that a lot of our older communities may not be using those type of communications. And so a lot of times we'll have to get into the some of the community centers. We'll have to get into the civic associations. 
And even if need be, probably even knock on doors or make sure that those resources that we know that our older populations use are well aware of what's going on as far as why they're being targeted, such as Department of Human Services or even those veteran organizations that we know um, have a good uh, engagement with our older population. But I'll tell you, um, I talk about this a lot. Um, you know, I think our older population, our seniors need to realize that they are targeted by criminals. Um, and it's, it's, it's a shame, but it happens. Um, we've talked a lot about in the past that um, some scams that are going on there, um, such as kidnapping ransom scams, jury duty scams, grandparent scam. Uh, these kinds of things that are going on in our in our communities, uh, it's it's really, really something that we need to really focus on and make sure that our older population is aware of it. I'll give you an example. So my mom, my mother's in her 80s and she doesn't live in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But about two years ago, she called me and, and she proposed or she called me very nervous. And she said and she said, uh, you know, Wayne, um, my grandchild, your son has has been kidnapped in a foreign country. Um, and the, uh, they're asking me to give $5,000, transfer $5,000 to let him go. I want you to know I'm going to take care of it. Now, my mom again is in her 80s. Um, she has, I think she she's an intelligent woman. Um, but not only was that a scam that I had to inform her it's a common scam, but think about just the toll that that put on her mental health, the stress of knowing or thinking, believing that her family member was in danger. And so, you know, these these criminals, they target our older population and they they prey on their they they prey on their emotions, not just their financial their finances, but their emotions as well. So I think part of our engagement efforts is to constantly remind our older population and in some cases, uh, not so older populations that these scams are there and these people target them target them 24 hours a day, and they're good at what they do. And to be honest with you, they can be hung up on 100 times a day. They only need one to make their quota, shall we say, a day or a week. Um, because again, their job is to prey on people and to get their money. And I suspect sometimes, Wayne, that in your case, your mom got in touch with you Oftentimes, these types of of scams or frauds or identity theft or whatever uh, aren't reported. Is that true? Cheryl, you're right. A lot of times that uh, we find that when people are scammed, they will not report these crimes. We know that because either they're embarrassed or they think there's nothing we can do. And I'll tell you, um, you know, our job again through engagement is to ensure people that they should report these kinds of scams. And we make it as easy and as user-friendly as we can for people. They can make these reports over the phone. They can make them online. If they have to, we'll, bring, we'll send an officer to take those reports. And so it is important because only through reporting these crimes can police gather enough information to possibly put an end to it or to go after these criminals and, and potentially prosecute them. And in some cases, and I do say some, not a lot, even get their money back. It's rare, but in some cases it is. But if we don't do something, then they just continue to prey on our on our older population. So one of my uh, one of our biggest messages is always to please, please, if you're scammed, to report it. But also, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. That is probably one of the best sayings that we can share with our older population. Wayne, another area, and you've mentioned this off and on, but I just wanted you to expand on 
the possibility of of a police officer coming to a home and noting abuse or neglect or perhaps just a, uh, some issue pertaining the general well-being of an adult, an older adult who lives alone. Talk a little bit more about that, not only as to how the police officer might handle that situation, but if there are family members responsible for, especially in the case of abuse or neglect of that uh, older relative, how are those kind of situations handled? Well, you know, when officers respond to, and again, it could be any call for service, any report, doesn't have to be a specific call, uh, either a check on the welfare of an older an older adult. Um, anytime we go into uh, any case or any call for service, officers are trained to always look for any kind of neglect or abuse or ne- uh, neglect or abuse. And so in the case of older adults, especially, um, when they go, when they respond there, we're always looking to ensure that they have the resources they have, they need to live. And in cases where we see a ne- neglect or abuse, whether it be from a caregiver or family, our first, our first part of our investigation is going to be, okay, is this, is this on purpose, shall we say on purpose or is it not? You know, is this a family member that is not being, is only, is not being a neglected or abused, but they just don't have the resources to either provide for themselves. In those cases, well, then we're going to work with our Department of Human Services or Adult Protective Services to ensure they get the resources that we need. But in those cases where they're actually being criminally neglected or abused, that's going to be documented. We're going to work with Adult Protective Services, and our investigators are actually going to uh, conduct a criminal investigation and where we can and, and refer it to the Commonwealth Attorney's Office for prosecution. But more importantly, we're going to make sure that we provide services to that adult so they can live comfortably. I, I don't think anyone wants to see someone in their these old, our older population or older adults that can't care for themselves. And again, Arlington, in Arlington, we're very fortunate. And in most parts of the country, uh, we have so many different resources. Uh, I've mentioned a couple before, not just not just through our Department of Human Services, but even through our veterans, Veterans Affairs, that there are services out there. But if people don't know about it, <laughs> then uh, they have no one to contact. And so I think a big part of our job is to make sure that they know what those resources are and then guide them and get those get those resources to them. And if a family member is responsible, is there any kind of legal action that can be taken? Um, or, or what what could happen if you could, a police officer saw that? Is there anything that, that he or she can do? Yes. Um, as I said, if, if we find, well, first of all, if we find that there's a family member, a, car, a caregiver um, that um, is abusing or in neglect of an older, uh, older adult, we can absolutely conduct a criminal investigation and they can be prosecuted. I want to make that very clear. There is a specific criminal code specific to adult abuse, um, and it's under our criminal code. And again, it's the willful use of physical restraint, including confinement um, as punishment, uh, for convenience as a substitute for treatment, except where such conduct or physical restraint, including confinement, is a part of care or treatment. And I can go on and on about that, but that is part of our criminal code. So people, caregivers included, should know that it, you know if you if you willfully conduct adult abuse or neglect in our older co- population, um, we will investigate that, and in some cases we will prosecute it as well and ensure that that that, that older adult has provided the resources they need to live comfortably. And I'm really hearing you say that 
as your uh, division works together in the community uh, with with older adults and other residents, you really do have a strong uh, connection with other government resources in Arlington and then beyond, depending on what the situation is. Sounds like you work very closely with many other government agencies. Is, is that true? You're right, Cheryl. And, and to that end, not just Arlington County, not just those assigned to our division, but every Arlington County officer is well aware of the resources provided by not just Arlington County, but also state resources, as well as even in some cases, federal resources. I think the best place to start, um, especially if we're talking about older adults, is the Arlington County General website. It's arlingtonva.us. Again, that's A-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-N-V-A dot U-S. I think if you can put in the search engine aging, you will get a lot of resources under DHS's Aging and Disability Resource Center. There is so much information there that can guide people as to what resources are available to them, depending on what they're looking for. That's really helpful for us, and I'm assuming that they these kinds of resources are available. Several weeks ago, on uh, February 14th, I did do uh, Aging Matters presented uh, two staff members from the Arlington Agency on Aging, and that also provides a lot of services. And I know that that um, the uh, your community engagement uh, division works with the Department of uh, Human Services and Disability, and so that's good for people to know throughout the country. I wanted to turn to a couple of questions that might happen outside of what you do, and that is, what do older adults need to know and do if a person who claims to be a police officer comes to their front door, and of course isn't, but is trying to get into their house or or commit some kind of a, of, of a crime or hurt that person? What do adults, older adults need to know about that, and uh, what do they need to do? That's a good question. In most cases, police officers that respond to someone's house, especially if it's a call for service where someone's actually called and requested help, are going to respond in uniform. Um, I would suggest that older adults, or not just older adults, but every, every resident uh, visit at Arlington, you should know what our uniforms look like. I'll tell you, we don't get a lot of police impersonators in Arlington. I, I can't speak for the rest of the nation, but we do get a few. We do get a few. And so I would say to people, if, you know, if an officer or someone claiming to be an officer knocks on your door, first of all, don't just open the door. You know, I mean, you have windows. Hopefully you have a peephole in your door. Look to see what you're looking at. Do they look like a police officer? And what I mean by that is, are they dressed in a tie that's similar to what our officers look like? In cases where you're not sure or you obviously didn't call them and it just seems suspicious, call call 911 or call our non-emergency number. Our non-emergency number in Arlington County is 703-558-2222. Speak with a dispatcher. Tell them that you have an, someone claiming to be a police officer at your door. Dispatch will confirm with you by contacting that officer if they are indeed an officer to verify if indeed you have an Arlington County police officer or, in some cases, an Arlington County Sheriff's sheriff's, uh, deputy at your door. If they cannot find that officer at your door or they can't confirm it or verify it, well, then we'll send an officer to you to either confront that subject, confirm who they are, 
and obviously speak with you. And, uh, and again, uh, we'll actually stay on the line. So you feel comfortable, not just telling us what you have and hanging up the phone. You can actually say it. you're going to stay on the line until an officer's at the door and dispatch will let you know our officers are at the door or are they coming now. Helpful to know that. Uh, it's, it's very comforting. I also was wondering about, and and I'm sure that folks that are listening to this program uh, could identify also about a scam phone call, or I think it's a scam phone call, and that's why I want uh, clarification from you. Someone claims to be representing the American Police Officers Association or Foundation, something that's similar. And of course, they're seeking donations. Talk about that. Is that legitimate? Are they? Is this what police officers do? They have foundations who are looking for um, contributions, or is 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 that in fact a scam? Well, I'm going to speak in general terms, and I'm going to be specific to Arlington. Uh, There are police departments that have foundations or unions or associations that very well may call to request donations from their community. Um, I would say that never give personal information out over the phone. Never pay for anything over the phone. Um, If if indeed you think it's a legitimate request or fundraiser, ask them to send you information over the phone and then do a little bit of research. Go on their website. Is there a place, is the website legitimate? Is their website provide you an opportunity to donate that way as opposed to over the phone? In the end, I would never give my personal information or pay for something over the phone unless I initiated the call. Here in Arlington County, we have both a police association and a police union. Neither of them will ever call to solicit for fundraising over the phone to Arlington County residents. So let me say that again. We have a police so an Arlington County Police Association, and we have an Arlington County Police Union. Neither of those organizations will ever solicit, or they have not, to my knowledge, ever solicited over the phone um, for fundraising efforts. So if you receive a call from our residents claiming that an Arlington County Police Association or union um, is calling to fundraise or ask for donations or to sell police stickers for your cars or to fundraise for a local, for a dance or for the youth. Um, please hang up the phone. If you have caller ID and they, and you have an ID, you, you can uh, have the phone number, then call us, call us and just make us aware of it. Because if, again, I can't guarantee, guarantee that we're going to find those, find those criminals and, and, um, and prosecute them, but it at least gives us a baseline of, okay, we see, that someone is calling our, our residents requesting money on our behalf. And so that lets us put that information out through, again, social media, press release, civic associations, listservs, to let people know that, hey, we're seeing an increase of police scamming where police, people claiming to be the police association or union are asking for money. And so we can clarify that so before someone gets scammed. You have been so helpful today. We're getting close to the end of this interview, but I did want to ask you if you or uh, other representatives of the Police Community Engagement Division give presentations about how uh, you're not only helping older adults in the community, but other uh, sectors as well. So if people are interested in having that happen, what what do they need to do and uh, in terms of contacting you and and how you do that? Yes, our, our, our division does make do make presentations to our community. Uh, the best way to make a request for presentation is to go on our website. And again, you can just use the general ArlingtonVA.us, look under police 
And under community engagement, there's a request for community engagement uh, presentations is a form. It's a simple form to fill out, very user friendly. And then we'll be in contact with you within 48 hours um, to provide more details or to get more information with you as to what you exactly you're looking for. Okay. Well, I'm sure that people are jotting down that information and will be in touch. So final question, Wayne, what are the best resources to learn more about local police community engagement divisions here in Arlington, perhaps other uh, parts of the country as well? What do we need to know? Well, I would say that for our for any community, I would say go to your police department's website. Um, by far, most police departments are, are are on social media now, and it's a great way to follow your local police department, their community engagement divisions, whatever whatever uh, way they do it. Here in Arlington, uh, I would tell anybody whether it's community engagement or not. If you want to know what the police department is doing, if you want to know um, the latest information when it comes to emergencies or what's going on in, your, in our community, follow us on Twitter. It's at Arlington VAPD. That's at, at Arlington VAPD. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Nextdoor. Uh, we're also on Instagram. And so I think those are some of the easiest ways to find out what's going on in your community, what's going on with your police department's community engagement division. But even if you don't have uh, access to social media, go visit your police department, engage with them, ask questions. And I'm sure there's going to every police department's going to have an officer that's able to provide information face to face. And of course, lastly, even for uh, for us, you know, if people who engage with us and want us to make presentations, we're always happy to do so. It's unfortunate that I can't, we just do not have the bandwidth to go to every meeting we, we uh, requested, but we certainly go to the majority of them. And and again, at some point, some point or another, we're going to connect with our, our residents in some form or fashion. All right. Well, I want to thank Deputy Chief Wayne Vincent with the Arlington County Police Department Community Engagement Division for joining me today. Thanks so much, Wayne, for, for being with us today. Thank you, Cheryl. Have a wonderful day. Okay. So, and to learn more about Aging Matters, visit our website at agingmattersonline.com. And at that site, you can access all of the Aging Matters radio programs, the podcasts, as well as the TV show episodes, in addition to uh, the Apple and Spotify podcast, which I just mentioned. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media, which you can learn more about by logging on to inkmouthmedia.com. So thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. 